June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes, like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this Deep Sales, and we've built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com trial. That is linkedin.com slash trial for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash trial and get started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And happy Mother's Day. I'm Jane Pauley, and this is Sunday Morning. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The words of Emma Lazarus enshrined at the base of the Statue of Liberty. A noble sentiment that for more than a century has greeted millions to our nation of immigrants. But in truth, America has always struggled with newcomers to our shores. And for no small number of those newcomers, coming to America is a struggle like none other. This morning, we're on the border with correspondents Enrique Acevedo and Lee Cowan. Even before the Statue of Liberty raised her lamp, those coming to our doorstep have been both welcomed and turned away. It's never been an easy choice, but it has also never quite looked like this. We have a challenge in that. In the United States, we live in a hemisphere that is really having a refugee crisis. And we have not really been managing it as a refugee crisis. We've struggled being a beacon of freedom, trying to balance compassion with protection. It has been a long, long path. Coming up on Sunday morning. On this Mother's Day Sunday, Rita Braver will be talking with Diane Ladd and Laura Dern, mother and daughter performers, 
celebrating their long journey together. If there was music, a few years back, Oscar winner Laura Dern learned that walking was the only thing that might help her mother, famed actor Diane Ladd, overcome a possibly fatal lung disease. They didn't know what they could do, except if we could get her to walk, it would help her expand her lungs. Because we thought I was dying, we spilled the beans. Ahead on Sunday morning, talking and walking with Ladd and Dern. Ben Mankiewicz catches up with one of the success stories of the hit show Succession, actor Jeremy Strong. Luke Burbank sits down with one of the stars of the hit series Yellow Jackets, Juliette Lewis. Plus a story from Steve Hartman and a Mother's Day remembrance from Senator Amy Klobuchar. And more on this Sunday morning for the 14th of May, 2023. We'll be back in a moment. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It seems like a crisis that's gone from bad to worse, to even worse, and still no end in sight. Lee Cowan begins our look at the chaos on the border. On the day we celebrate moms in this country, there are thousands of other mothers and children living like this, on both sides of our border. The COVID-era law that effectively allowed both the Trump and Biden administrations to expel migrants back into Mexico before they could ask for asylum is no more. It expired. In its place, the Biden administration has imposed more restrictions on those seeking asylum, but that's really only a footnote to the larger border law that was really designed for the Cold War and in no way fits the misery of this moment. U.S. refugee policy in the 1950s and 1960s was for Europeans. Because remember, this was a time when a refugee was primarily defined as somebody who was fleeing communism. Our immigration policies have almost always been tied to the times, if not behind them. Yael Shacker, a historian and director of Refugees International, says up until the Civil War, we didn't even have a federal immigration policy. It was all left to the states. 
on the East Coast in New York and Massachusetts, there was actually quite a bit of anti-Irish sentiment. On the West Coast, starting in the 1850s and the 1860s, especially in California, you start to see the anti-Chinese sentiment. In 1882, Congress passed the Chinese Exclusion Act. It was the first time we'd made any significant rule to exclude anyone. That aside, though, we were still largely open. Only about 2% of those who began arriving at Ellis Island were turned away. But by the 1920s, Americans began to worry that those from Southern and Eastern Europe were putting a strain on social services, which led the U.S. to clamp down on the number of Catholic and Jewish immigrants. So they said, okay, we're going to give Germany and England very large quotas to come in, but from Italy, Poland, Greece, Greece, fewer numbers. They devised a quota system that discriminated based on nationality in that way. The xenophobic quotas had an immediate impact. We rebuffed almost everyone trying to flee Nazi atrocities, for example. Fleeing from Nazi Germany into the border towns of Holland is a new kind of refugee. The victim of an intolerance and persecution unparalleled since the Dark Ages. It wasn't until refugees really started fleeing Vietnam in the late 70s, early 80s, that we arrived at a definition of just what kind of persecution qualified a refugee for asylum. Political persecution, religious persecution, being a member of a social group, just to name a few. But critics say it was all still short-sighted. The United States did not think of Mexicans as people who would seek asylum. They did not think of Central Americans as really people who would be seeking asylum. Today, we're the North Star for asylum seekers all across Latin America, creating a supernova that doesn't respond well to the laws of current border physics. Cecilia Munoz was a senior advisor to President Obama and the first Latina to lead the White House Domestic Policy Council. What we're not doing is having the policy debate around what should our asylum system look like? Who should we be admitting? What kind of dangers are we prepared to protect people from? The unprecedented number of migrants arriving at our southern border today, she says, are fleeing for reasons that don't always neatly fit that definition of refugee. If you're fleeing domestic violence, does that qualify you for asylum? If you're fleeing gang violence, should that qualify you for asylum? If you're fleeing because your village got destroyed because there was a hurricane, should that qualify you for asylum? More than 2.1 million people are waiting for the answer to that very question. The backlog is so deep, the average asylum case now takes between four and five years to complete. You arrive to a country where you think they will help you based on the stories you heard. But it wasn't like that. Henry Rivas Cibrian began seeking asylum back in 2017, seeking refuge from street gangs and police in El Salvador, who he says brutalized him for being gay. What would have happened if you'd stayed? A lot. There was an attempt against my life. I have a scar on my nose. They slid it. They also pointed at me with a firearm to murder me. To casa. Mi casa. Ava Benash is Henry's attorney. Not everybody's going to qualify for asylum under our statute, but everybody should have a right to make their claim. After eight months in U.S. immigration detention, Henry was released pending a court date. Okay, regular coffee? For the last six years, he's been living in Washington, D.C. His new husband, from Honduras, is also seeking asylum. You're never truly comfortable. You're never truly settled. And knowing that it could be ripped out from you at any point, it's a tough way to live. Last year, the government decided it didn't want to spend any more resources on his case and moved to dismiss it. 
and an immigration judge agree. ¿Quieres azúcar? Sí. That leaves Henry in legal limbo. He's appealing and filing a new application for asylum, but all it really does is put him right back to where he was six years ago, at the back of the asylum-seeking line. Thank you. I believe that the light at the end of the tunnel was getting closer, and I see the light from very far away one more time. It's remarkable how the pictures and the narrative have changed very little since this report on immigration back in the mid-'80s. But what you're seeing here is a trickle compared to today. The pressures of population, poverty, and politics, coupled with the promise of America, keep pushing the world to our borders. Our current policy is immigration anarchy, full of holes and hypocrisy. The debate over how to fix what almost everyone agrees is broken is still at a standoff. Basically, Republicans want the border tightened before they address anything else. Moments ago, House Republicans passed the strongest border security bill this country has ever seen. Democrats generally agree the border should be secured, but want overall reform now. I'm lucky enough to say that I've lived the American dream. I believe it's a dream that should be available for everybody. While Congress bickers back and forth, both the Trump and Biden administrations have turned to issuing executive orders. Recently, the White House opened a humanitarian back door for as many as 30,000 migrants a month to enter from Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Haiti. But just like with Trump's executive orders, Biden's have also landed in court. Congress makes the laws. Uh, the executive branch doesn't. Jonathan Skirmetti is Tennessee's attorney general. Ostensibly, the Biden administration says that this is a way to basically divert the flow away from the border, almost as a, as a relief valve. Well, it's not legal. Congress was very clear in the law. It's supposed to be for a small number of people on a case-by-case basis. He's joined 20 other red states in asking for an injunction to Biden's parole program, calling it a blatant end run around Congress. It's a tragedy when people are driven from their homes. And it's understandable that they want to come here for the opportunities that we offer. But if everybody comes here because of every bit of adversity they encounter, we're not going to be able to take care of them. We can't wish the problem away. It's going to take hard work and hard choices to figure this out. Putting them in prison isn't going to stop them. Separating from their children isn't going to necessarily stop them, which is crazy. If we're willing to go to the extreme cruelty, it will work. But otherwise, it won't. Our track record on immigration is imperfect at best. But the two sides need to keep trying. Otherwise, the Statue of Liberty's lamp may continue to light nothing but dysfunction and chaos. It's not about politics. It's not about ideology. It's about helping people in need at a time of crisis. It's really what we do when we're at our best in this country. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power the collaboration needed for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything, from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you connected and moving together as one. Temp check. 
What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. You ready? Actually, uh, before we go into the black recesses of my soul, I just need a minute. Of course. Oh, thanks. She's a star with many talents and a growing list of callings. Luke Burbank talks with the always surprising Juliette Lewis. So you're uh, at this phase of your career, like you're still finding out things and, and, and interested in these characters. Look, as a leaf falls, <laughs> what was that? The only predictable thing about interviewing Juliette Lewis. This is a Dodge Challenger. Man, I wish I could spout out all the facts about it. Is that there's no predicting where things might go. What is the story on this car? It comes from the midlife thing of enjoying one's, what's it, the fruits of their labor. This is your midlife crisis car? Don't call it a crisis. <laughs> so I'm not going to dump all my issues like driving through the rain, coming from the mountains and in between projects. <clears throat> no, I'm actually honored that you're picking me to do a profile on. That's cool. Cool and unpredictable. Two words that could accurately describe both Lewis and her Hollywood career over the years, where she's played characters who are menaced. I need you to follow me here. You know me pretty well, don't you, Donald? Yeah. You're going to get to know me a lot better, too. Characters who are doing the menacing. Any, meeny, miny, moe, catch a redneck by its toe. And just about everyone in between. It's really interesting that to this day, the handful of movies I did when I first started still resonate and are still being seen by new generations. Lewis grew up in L.A. watching her father, Jeffrey Lewis, act in countless movies and TV shows. So I went into my meditation routine, you know. Often opposite Clint Eastwood. I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I'm in a cowboyish movie, for lack of a better word. It's a weird Western, but I feel like my dad because I'm like in the gear and the boots and I got to ride horses. And my first sets are those kinds of sets. That was my first time on this playground. But Lewis says the acting bug didn't actually bite her until her teenage years when with no formal training, she started going out on auditions. I did sitcoms, which they like, everything straight and really high energy, where I almost got fired from a sitcom early on. For, for I think, for behaving naturally. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're basically being too good at acting, essentially? I, I mean, Marty said so later, but they did not like my style. Marty is, of course, Martin Scorsese who cast a teenage Juliette Lewis in the movie Cape Fear and changed the trajectory of her life. You're not the um, drama teacher, are you? Maybe I'm the big bad wolf. 
The performance earned an 18-year-old Lewis an Oscar nomination and launched a run of memorable 90s films. Oh, look, to Frank Manis. You know how they made? Including What's Eating Gilbert Grape, opposite Johnny Depp. And then when they're done, she'll eat him. Strange Days, and Oliver Stone's hyper-violent satire, Natural Born Killers, with Woody Harrelson. I think I scared a lot of people who make business decisions. He can't keep me away from you. People didn't walk around thinking Woody was crazy, Hmm. but they did of me. Isn't that funny? The tabloids branded Lewis a wild child and breathlessly covered her high-profile relationships. Yeah, I'm wondering what it's been like for you to live like such a public life. <laughs> I mean, to be a celebrity, to have people kind of know who you are. Like, did you know what you were signing up for with that? No, I'm laughing because what if I just started weeping and f- fell apart? <laughs> that would make this a really good special. At 22, Lewis got sober. She says through the Church of Scientology and then started pursuing a quieter life off screen. I made a decision early on to reclaim my, I don't know, my existence on my own terms. I've taken time off from movie making. I started my band when I was 30. Her punk band, Juliet and the Licks, toured extensively, giving her a chance to live out a different childhood fantasy. I had always wanted to be a singer when I was a kid. Like, the things that inspired me were Rocky Horror Picture Show, fame, flash dance, the musical hair. Uh, these were everything to me. They had all the things, drama, I would you'd weep, the music, dance. Five years ago, the band announced they were recording new music together once again. But any future projects with the band will have to split time with Lewis's busy acting schedule. I mean, at least undo one. I am starving. Including starring as Natalie in the hit Yellow Jackets. Natalie, time for group. Airing on Showtime, which is part of our parent company, Paramount Global. The show is about a high school soccer team from New Jersey that gets stranded in the wilderness. After they rescued us, I lost my purpose. I love the idea of when you think someone's one thing and they're another. What you reveal and what you conceal And that dance is what's interesting to play. And as we neared the end of the interview. Okay, (laughs) I start crying. Something else I wouldn't have predicted. (laughs) I'm not trying to have tears this interview. The moment, the one moment Juliette Lewis grew visibly emotional in a conversation spanning life, love, family, addiction, and acting. It was the mention of one of her very first movie roles, in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Isn't it beautiful, Audrey? She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen. I'm curious if you had a sense what a, like, (laughs) cultural touchstone this would be. I mean, it's obviously required viewing around Christmas. It is so moving to me that to do... I'm not... um, To do something that when I was 15, no, I had no idea that every year families talk to me, people who have lost their parents who tell me this is a tradition, that my little 15-year-old sarcastic self is in their lives every year. That's uh, really remarkable and a blessing and 
just getting lucky. If luck is the residue of design, then Juliette Lewis's career appears to be the result of taking chances, staying true to yourself, and never, ever being predictable. Yeah, it's weird. Middle age is weird because what sustains you in your 20s is not necessarily what sustains you in midlife. However, I don't ever want to lose it, lose a, a certain kind of fire, seizing the day, you know, all that good stuff. But no, I'm not a maniac. Like, meaning if we weren't doing this, I would just be at home. I would just look at the mountains and listen to the birds and throw a ball with my dogs, you know, stuff like that. For 149 years, ADT has made the security of their customers a top priority, so you can have peace of mind that your home is protected. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products to help keep your home safe and smart. You'll be able to check in on your home and manage your security system from virtually anywhere. Plus, with Nest Cams and the Nest Doorbell, you can get intelligent alerts, so you'll always receive notifications on what matters most. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google Nest Cam and Nest Doorbell are trademarks of Google LLC. ADT. Brilliantly safe. Let's talk about my mochi ice cream. Why? Because friends do not let friends miss out on something this good. My Mochi is premium ice cream wrapped in sweet soft dough, and the flavors are amazing. Like My Mochi double chocolate with rich chocolatey bits, it's a chocolate lover's dream. Or don't get me started on My Mochi strawberry ice cream. It's cool, creamy, and bursting with natural berry flavor. And the sweet, luscious flavor of My Mochi mango will send your taste buds straight to the tropics. My Mochi is gluten-free, perfectly portioned, and only around 90 calories per piece. Taste the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream today. Find My Mochi at Walmart or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Earlier, Lee Cowan showed us a glimpse of life on our border, which begs the question, why do they still come? We asked Enrique Acevedo, who anchors Mexico's highest-rated newscast, to tell us about the long, treacherous journey to America. From the Mexican border to Panama City, U.S. Army engineers are speeding a 1,500-mile highway through the heart of Central America. The Pan American Highway is the longest road in the world. Stretching from Alaska to Argentina, its construction was once the largest international development project ever attempted by the United States. But more than a hundred years after the road was first proposed, one section remains unbuilt. The 66 miles of remote jungle known as the Darien Gap. It is the only stretch of the Americas where engineers could not build the Pan American Highway. This essentially created a barrier between South America and Central America. Julie Terkowitz is the Andes Bureau Chief for the New York Times. Last fall, she and photographer Federico Rios followed and photographed a group of migrants on their nine-day journey through the Darien Gap. She found the route that was too treacherous to build a road has become a traffic jam. Just masses of people crossing the jungle. It was like being in line at the Statue of Liberty. Last year, 250,000 people crossed the Darien Gap, 
20 times more than just a few years ago. You have a sort of vibrant um, economy of smugglers who are advertising the Daring Gap on TikTok and Facebook, which is where a lot of migrants are talking. What does that look like? That they advertise their services or, or they are trying to tell people that this is a safe way to get to the U.S.? Both. They talk about how this trek is possible. They will answer people's questions. They spread a ton of misinformation about which nationalities are being allowed in. And when they arrive in the jungle, most migrants are not ready for what lies ahead. It can be absolutely harrowing. You don't know what's uh, around the next bend. You don't know how deep the river is. You don't know how slippery the rock is. A lot of people who are making this journey not only are not physically prepared, but don't have the resources to buy boots or to buy proper food or to buy proper clothes. You know, and some of them are children. And so the, the sort of like level of vulnerability that people are subject to is, is, is kind of hard to describe. Alejandro Marrufo crossed the Darien last year. I asked him if he saw families, children. Yes, I saw people who died. Imagine you hurt yourself in the middle of the jungle. How do you get out? Marrufo left Venezuela in 2018. He decided to venture north after struggling for years in neighboring Colombia to earn enough money to support his children back home. I've done all of this for my two daughters, he tells me. They are the reason I have lasted five years on this journey. Runaway inflation, at times reaching as high as 10 million percent, has led to shortages of food and medicine in Venezuela. Since 2015, 7 million people have fled. That's a quarter of the country's population. Most have settled in countries nearby, but hundreds of thousands have made their way to the United States. And trouble in the region isn't limited to Venezuela. COVID devastated economies across Latin America and the Caribbean. While authoritarian governments and climate change are driving millions of people to leave. Most people don't want to flee their homes and travel thousands and thousands of miles through seriously dangerous conditions to start over in a new country. People do that because they are forced to. Tyler Matias is a researcher for Human Rights Watch in Mexico. He says the U.S. government needs to pay more attention to why people leave home in the first place. Do you think there's too much focus on the U.S.-Mexico border? Absolutely, I do. The policy towards Latin America has really ignored serious and growing human rights crises in many countries across the region and focused almost exclusively on trying to stop migration coming north through any means possible. Those policies, first of all, don't work. The number of people who are fleeing their countries continues to grow because these crises continue to grow, and it also has deadly consequences. In March, a fire at a Mexican migrant detention facility near the border killed 40 people. Mexico has seen a record number of asylum claims in recent years. More migrants are living on the streets. Cafeteria here? Yes. And crowding shelters like this one in Mexico City. A direct result, Matias says, of U.S. pressure to quiet the situation at the border. More than a month after crossing the Darien Gap, Alejandro Marrufo made it to Mexico City. He's found a job at a local market and can even send some money back home.
He tells me his goal is to make it to the U.S. legally. I don't want to enter illegally. For me, that's not an option. But with border policies constantly changing, the road ahead for Alejandro Marrufo and so many other migrants remains unclear. Reporter Julie Terkowitz. Some people follow the rules and they get nowhere. Some people follow the rules and they, they get in. Some people don't follow the rules and they get in. And I think that arbitrary nature is one of the things that makes people feel the most frustrated, but it's also the thing that makes them risk the journey. It's that constant hope of something better and this idea that, that you know, that their kids' lives can be better. I'm sure you guys hear this all the time, but, and it probably sounds like cheesy and cliche, but the American dream dies hard. Even after, amid all of this, amid the deportations, amid all of the problems that one knows exist in the United States, the power of the American dream it's powering that journey through the jungle. Say goodbye to performance-robbing engine deposits with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Hate to break it to you, but lower-grade fuel can leave deposits in your engine that build up over time and leave your engine's performance severely lacking. Thankfully, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus removes up to 100% of performance-robbing deposits with continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors. Download the Shell app today to find your nearest Shell station and rejuvenate your engine with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Fuel up at Shell. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. My dad wanted me to take over. Sometimes. <laughs> you know that. He did. Sometimes. He made me hate him, and he died. That's Jeremy Strong as a tortured son in the hit HBO series Succession. Ben Mankiewicz speaks with a performer who's come to be known as an actor's actor. I mean, everything has changed and nothing has changed. Yeah. Nestled between a New York City church and a small Mediterranean restaurant, the Rattlestick Theater conjures up powerful memories for Jeremy Strong. These weren't here, they took these risers down. Back in 2011, Strong was a struggling actor, appearing as an Afghanistan war veteran in Paraffin, an off-Broadway play. This was like a 60-seat theater where the bathroom is on the stage. It is on the stage, yeah. And you could smell the falafel stand downstairs, but it didn't matter. More than a decade later, Strong, now 44, is a success story, thanks to his role on HBO's hit series Succession, now winding down its fourth and final season. 
The show is fictional, but at times seems inspired by some real-life media dynasties. My father is a malignant presence, a bully and a liar, and he was fully personally aware of these events for many years. Strong's character is Kendall Roy, troubled and talented scion of his family's media empire, one of four siblings desperately seeking their father's approval. I mean, they're not the 1%, they're the 0.001%. Yeah. But yet, there are working class families, people all over the spectrum who clearly relate. I find that very moving because I think at the heart of it, it's a story about family and the need for love and the need for validation. So it's incredibly universal. Now, I'm afraid I have to inform you, you are all dismissed. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're all fired. His character may have grown up with a silver spoon in his mouth and a sense of entitlement in his soul, but Jeremy Strong is not Kendall Roy. Born Christmas Day, 1978, Strong spent the first decade of his life in Jamaica Plain, a working-class neighborhood in Boston. There's a crosswalk somewhere. I think it's up there. Jeremy's father, David Strong, was everything Logan Roy isn't. Caring, paternal, and heroic. Once nearly sacrificing his own life as he walked with his son, then eight, to a neighborhood park, the Arnold Arboretum. There was a car coming like 40 miles an hour that wasn't slowing down for the traffic light. So he picked me up and he threw me out of the way. Oh, really? And he got hit by the car, broke all the bones in both of his legs. Your dad? Saved my life, yeah. There's things you're able to do that I can't, maybe. Maybe. The intensity and resentment that we see from Kendall is not a product of Jeremy's childhood. None of that comes from your relationship with your dad. No, and I don't think I understand how I have access to that relationship. There's not some hidden trauma in my life or my background. In fact, he took us with him to visit his childhood home. That's my house. Um, the moments seemed to catch him off guard. You haven't seen it in 20 years. It just feels big feelings coming back here. I don't want to monumentalize it, but in a way, these are like the waters of childhood. At around five, Strong started acting in community theater. In high school, he got jobs on local movie sets, learning from filmmakers he grew up idolizing. I worked on The Crucible. I worked on Amistad. I remember Tony Hopkins, you know, giving his speech. What are we to do with that embarrassing, annoying document? As John Quincy Adams and... You know, it was incredible. It was incredible. He even got to work with Daniel Day-Lewis, an uncommonly committed actor who's had a lasting influence on Strong. I'm a student, you know, I'm, I think eternally, really. And you're trying to absorb visceral clues from anywhere you can. After earning a scholarship to Yale, Strong moved to New York, where he started auditioning, barely scraping by. I don't think I had anything in my fridge, you know. I worked a lot of jobs, waiting tables, jobs? room service, shredding paper, you know, every, 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 anything. Most of his acting work came on the stage, off Broadway. There's inherent value in just doing good work. The feeling of, you know, no one might see you do this play. You're making 50 bucks a week, but you're swinging for the fences. 
Then came that play here at the Rattlestick. There was a casting director. She came to see me in this play, and that year I worked on Lincoln and Zero Dark Thirty and Parkland after that, and it just, everything changed. So you're offering us a chance to short this pile of blocks. More movie work followed before that big break in 2016, being cast as Kendall Roy, which has earned him an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor. Action that, but soft, no prints. The critical praise is due in part to his hyper-focused approach to finding his character's emotional reserves. I killed a kid. On succession, he often isolated himself from the rest of the cast, which is exactly what Kendall would do. You're not a method actor, right? You wouldn't no. say you would say no to that. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, it's it's everybody has a method, but I would say mine is always changing, and it's really just following the line of your intuition, that is dictated by whatever you're working on. Is there a risk in that level of commitment to you personally? The fear I would have is that you know it'll, you'll burn out. I don't think so, because I find a tremendous amount of joy in in doing this. A bit of that joy, however, has been tempered. There's been criticism fueled by a 2021 headline-making profile in The New Yorker that Strong's process can go too far. Did it make you sad? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He'd prefer not to discuss the article, but to his credit, he answered every question we asked. It made me feel foolish to be presented in a certain light. Do I regret it? Would I do, here's the thing, would I do anything differently? Would I, would I hedge or hold, or, or hold back answers or try and calibrate myself differently? No. Strong has found time recently for other projects. The married father of three can afford to be picky now. Next year, he'll return to a familiar place, the stage, in an enemy of the people on Broadway. I read it and I just immediately said yes. But it's his work on succession that has defined Jeremy Strong for the past seven years. And now it's time to let go of Kendall Roy. But you're done now. Yeah. Put Kendall to rest. Yeah, I did. I went home to Denmark where my wife and I have a place and I went out, sat on the beach, watched Kendall go down with the sunset. Adios. You felt that was okay. I've been living with this character and carrying or trying to carry his struggle for so long, but I'm happy to be finished and, and relieved and released. At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, some of our bottles can be remade in a whole new way, using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles using no new plastic, except the caps and labels. Learn more at madetoberemade.org. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Steve Hartman this morning has the story of a young hero.
It was end of day for students at Carter Middle School in Warren, Michigan. But for those on bus 46 that April afternoon, it was the beginning of an unforgettable ordeal. And all of a sudden, the brakes get slammed. We all were just terrified and shocked. And that's when I like looked up and saw him. Seventh grader Dylan Reeves had grabbed the steering wheel. Soon after, police called the boy's father and stepmother, Steve and Iretta. Are you the parent of Dylan Reeves? And I said, yes. And I go, what do you do? And he goes, no, this is a good phone call. Your son's a hero. He stopped the bus. Stopped the bus? Like, what? What? The officer went on to explain, and security footage shows, how Dylan noticed the driver was having a medical emergency and immediately sprang from his seat. I just knew what to do in that moment. The bus was swerving off the road. So Dylan took the wheel, hit the brake, and gained control of the situation, saving driver and students. Look, someone call 911. A true hero, no doubt. But we still had a question. Why didn't anyone else notice what was happening? Well, turns out, have my AirPods in. Virtually every kid I was looking at my phone was on a device. I was on my phone playing a little game. We hear a lot about the consequences of too much screen time. But one thing I never considered until now is the loss of situational awareness. What's happening around them? And yet somehow, at least one kid on that bus instantly recognized what was happening. Any guesses as to why? I know why, because my son does not have a cell phone. And Steve says, that's the lesson here. What else are you going to do when you don't have a phone? You're going to look at people, you're going to notice stuff, you're going to look out the window. It's a very powerful lesson. Maybe change world kind of lesson, I don't know. At least a save the bus kind of lesson. And they say reason enough to hold off getting him a phone for another day. How do you feel about that? Whatever. My parents are... Old school. But for good reason. I guess. Sometimes even heroes have it hard. I don't want to talk to you about this kind of stuff, Mom. You're so nervous. You don't trust me. I mean, it'd be great if you could be happy for me, but it never works out that way. Happy for you for what? It's Sunday morning, and here again is Jane Pauley. So... They share a profession and an especially deep bond. Rita Braver has a Mother's Day conversation with actors Diane Ladd and Laura Dern. It is a moment that these famed actors have never forgotten. The one time during Laura Dern's childhood that her mother, Diane Ladd, slapped her. Because I guess I should have slapped her more. Oh my God, you, please. I mean, no. You just lost it from me. Yeah, she was being a little bitchy. And oh my I God. had a bitchy <laughs> Sunday morning. And I had a horrible day. And it just was like, I, I'm doing She was being this. sassy. Say that. Okay, she was being <laughs> sassy. Really sassy. Do you think you remember this so much because it was the only time this ever happened? It feels like such a betrayal because it's so shocking. It is these memories of humor, pain, and unquestionable love that fill the pages of Honey Baby Mine, their joint memoir named for an old folk song Lad's father used to sing. 
you get a line and I'll get a pole. We'll go down to the crawdad hole, honey, baby mine. That's the Lad, now 87, is renowned for roles like the waitress Flo in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. One of three Oscar-nominated performances. You don't like me very much, do you? Uh, not very much, no. Honey, that's okay. I've been dumped on by kings in my time. So you have to be perfect. And, and 56-year-old Dern is an Oscar winner. You will always be held to a different, higher standard. And it's f- But that is the way it is for playing a divorce lawyer representing the wife in Marriage Story. Is this where you guys walked in this general area? It is, every Absolutely. single morning. That's and the right. story of how their book came to be is worthy of a Hollywood film. The daily walks in Santa Monica began when Ladd developed a lung disease, believed to be caused by exposure to pesticides. You were told that your mother only had six months to live. Yeah. They didn't know what they could do, except if we could get her to walk, it would help her expand her lungs. So they walked and they talked, with Laura taping the conversations for herself and her children, the discussions newly recorded for an audiobook version. I'm going to pretend that this street is water, and I got Jesus' ability to walk on it, okay? Listen, if that's what you need to cross the street. Why did you decide to make these very private conversations public? I think we, we share the longing for the people we love and anyone to have the experience we had, which was to know each other better, better, more deeply. And ourselves. And more authentically, and therefore ourselves. They discussed everything, starting with Diane's marriage and divorce from Laura's father, actor Bruce Dern, to her efforts to discourage Laura from joining the family business. She was only like 11 years old. I said, don't be an actress. Be a doctor. Be a lawyer. I said, get a no, real job. <laughs> no, nobody cares if, if you put on weight or your chin points when you cry. If you're a doctor, they just want you to be the best you can be. But the actors, they care, 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 care. So, Laura, you, you heard this, but you were not to be discouraged. There was no stopping you. No. It is all I knew. And, and rumor has it you were conceived during the making of a movie. Conceived during the making of a, <laughs> of a Roger Corman biker picture called The Wild Angels. So, yes. You know, for me, a set felt like a second home. A home they often shared. You know who that was. Working together on a number of movies and TV shows. And I mean, are not going to see him ever. End of story. What was it like for you to suddenly realize, okay, I'm in this with my mother. I remember on the set of David Lynch's film Wild at Heart and Nicolas Cage came up behind me and whispers in my ear, that's your mom, (laughs) like your real mom. In the 1991 film Rambling Rose, Dern plays a promiscuous young girl living with Lad's family. Oh, hello, Rose, dear. Wow. My, 
You're looking Both pretty. mother and daughter were nominated for Academy Awards, but Lad has a better memory. This was the picture that the late Princess Diana chose as her absolute favorite, and she flew Laura and I to London for a royal premiere wow. and a party <laughs> in our honor, and she sat between us holding bo both our hands and crying, watching us perform. But Lad still agonizes over the time's work took her away from her daughter and the other challenges she, along with so many single moms, faced. How to pay the rent, how yeah. to get my daughter what she needs, and worse, because you gotta go out for an interview and you gotta hold your head up, you better not have a rip in that stocking. You better have those shoes not run down. You've gotta put on an and image. And though Dern felt lucky she was cared for by her grandmother, Lad's mom, she still grieved when her mother was on location. And I knew she loved me, but the loneliness was real. One of the hardest things for me as a working mother in the same profession when I became a parent was that I held guilt that I still don't know what's my children's loneliness or my and own. And love for her own children, Jaya and Ellery, with her former husband, musician Ben Harper, has made her understand even more the grief that Lad felt over losing a daughter before Dern was born. This was a baby who died in a swimming pool accident where a nanny hadn't paid enough attention. She fell into the pool. She hit her head and knocked herself out. And uh, it all happened instantly. Um, and she died. And you will never get over that. I don't care. What you say to yourself, I don't care who says what. The child is not supposed to die before the parent. You'd never talked about never. that. Right. And I had not asked because I thought I was going to hurt you. And that was a lesson that I would want to share with everyone. Yes. That if we talk it out, there is healing of all kinds. Absolutely. In, in fact, Diane Ladd has proved her doctors wrong. She continues to heal. Just completed the film, in fact. And mother and daughter have a lot more to say and sing to each other. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. That's it, folks. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Our commentary this Mother's Day is from Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, author of The Joy of Politics. She talks about who else? Her mom. On this Mother's Day, I'm thinking of my mom. She taught second grade in the Twin Cities suburbs until she was 70 years old. Her favorite unit to teach was the one on monarch butterflies. For days, she would teach her students the science of metamorphosis as they watched the caterpillar form its chrysalis. With the kids' wide-eyed excitement building every hour, it all culminated on the big release day when my mom would take the class outside and surrounded by 30 adoring second graders, release the glorious monarch to the skies. Fly, butterfly, fly, she would say. To this day, years after we lost her, her students, now with kids of their own, still come up to me on the street and tell me she was their favorite teacher. And there are always so many great stories. At my mom's visitation, one mother, in between sobs, standing with her arm around her disabled son, told me how much her son loved having my mom as his second grade teacher and how the Monarch Butterfly Unit was his best school memory. She recalled how every year, on the day she released the butterfly, my mom would dress up as a monarch in black tights, orange wings, antennas, and a sign that read, To Mexico or Bust. Then she would go grocery shopping after school in the same outfit. I had known about the shopping in the outfit story, but until that moment, I hadn't known why my mom went to that particular store. It was because the woman's son got a job at the store bagging groceries after he graduated. For years, my mom would go to that store in her monarch outfit just to stand in his line and give him a big hug. That's why she went to the grocery store. That was my mom. So today I'm thinking of my mom and all of the moms out there who do so much for our families. Happy Mother's Day. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey, Los Angeles. Are you looking for unique 4th of July plans for you and your friends or family? LA's greatest rivalry returns to Rose Bowl Stadium for a July 4th edition of the El Trafico soccer matchup as the LA Galaxy return to their original home to defend their turf against LAFC. Last year, a record crowd of over 82,000 fans were on hand to witness the Galaxy victory. That's July 4th at Rose Bowl Stadium. Guaranteed fireworks both on and off the field and a celebration for for 
all of L.A. L.A. Galaxy versus LAFC, the Rose Bowl edition. Tickets at lagalaxy.com slash tickets. Thank you for listening. Please join us when our trumpet sounds again next Sunday morning. Guess what? Josh and Blue are back with a new podcast that is sure to tickle your preschooler's earbuds. Let's guess who with Josh and Blue. Anytime could be game time, at home or in the car. Here on a game show. So you both can get in your thinking chairs or car seats and guess the guests together. Book it up, everyone. Blue and all her friends are here for you. Listen to Let's Guess Who with Josh and Blue wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital edition wherever you get your books.